Warning, this program is intended for adults only. What you're about to listen to contains explicit language, sexual topics, and don't be surprised if you get wet. You've just tuned in to Pussy Boss with your host, Victoria Lynn. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria Lynn, and you've just tuned in to another episode of Random Pussy, except for <laughs> this random pussy is some fucking amazing pussy tonight in the house. Hello, hello. Please introduce yourself, gorgeous. Hey, everybody. My name is Maybe A Girl. Ooh. Okay, maybe. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. So um, I am a gender fluid identifying drag queen mm. identify on the trans spectrum and i am making changes in my community here in los angeles love it love it so let's just start slowly when you say you identify as a drag queen can you please explain to people what that means sure thing so um <clears throat> so i am in the political atmosphere and a lot of people want a very uh clean cut response as to what your identity is are you this are you that are you black are you white and for me well i am white but (laughs) but my gender identity is a little bit more complicated than just this or that so you know a lot of people are like think oh you can be straight or you can be gay and you know that's more of a sexuality thing but when it comes to gender People think, oh, you can be a man or a woman. And most people make their own judgments based off of what they are looking at when they look at you. Mm -hmm. And for me, I identify as gender fluid. And a lot of people are not familiar with that term. And what that means is, so gender fluid is, uh, it's a concept on the trans spectrum. So... Uh, to the idea of trans, I don't think is this or that. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think about a spectrum, and on one end you have uh, cisgender, and on the other end you have transgender, it's not just one or the other. There's a lot of people that identify somewhere in between. And for me, kind of realizing that, that's why it kind of took me a while to figure out myself because I thought I could only be mm-hmm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. And when I figured out what trans or what uh, gender fluid means that your gender can be fluid it was really eye-opening to me because i identify with both uh male and female genders masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. and so i think that's beautiful because one of the things was that i was going through was oh well i want to be this but i want to be that and so many people want you to pick But you don't have to pick. If you feel like you're both, you're both. If you feel like you're neither, you're neither. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've probably heard of the term non-binary. Yeah. And so technically on my ID for the state of California, my ID says rather than M or F, it says X, which uh, symbolizes non-binary. I didn't even realize that that was a choice. You know, uh, the state of California just started doing that at the beginning of this year. So actually January this year I went and I changed my... Uh, gender marker to X. And for me, you know, X means technically on the books, it means Mm non-binary. And for me, as I mentioned, I'm gender fluid and gender fluid and non-binary are similar, but non-binary people, they do not identify on the binary, whereas I identify across all elements of the binary. So Mm -hmm. some days I feel a little bit more like a man. Sometimes some days I feel a little bit more like a woman. And, you know, I try to live accordingly. And sometimes it doesn't match up with how I present myself. Uh You know, uh, as somebody that was born a male and as somebody that is six foot two and has broad shoulders. Very handsome, by the way. And very handsome. (laughs) You know, sometimes it can be difficult to quickly transform myself into a female presenting person. And, you know, the thing about gender identity, it's really not about how you are presenting yourself you know one of the things that even made me afraid of sort of approaching this world at all is I felt like well as uh, as somebody that was born male who's six foot two has a football player build I was thinking I don't know if I can even female mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is it's really not about how you present it's about how you feel and yes. how you identify yes. and you what you try to do is you try to make yourself appear the way that you feel so Mm -hmm. that others can understand that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the trouble with that is that, you know, oftentimes when I present as female, you know, people just think, oh, she's a drag queen. Yeah. Which is also another complicated part of the story because I am a drag queen. Mm 
And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, how can you be that and a drag queen? Well, the thing is, you know, there's a lot of trans women that are drag queens. Um, there was a cast member on RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. who described it best. Her name was Monica Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And she said, drag is what I do. Trans is who I am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the, you know, the, the difference in that. So when I'm getting into drag, I'm getting into drag for others. But when I'm just presenting the way I want to present, that's for myself. Yes. And as a gender fluid person, it can be a little complicated because sometimes the situation calls for one of the one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a drag gig, I can't just show up as you know as my boy self. You know, yeah, I have yeah, to put yeah. it on. Yeah. Um, but then there's equally other moments where you know I'm expected to go out in my boy self, and I'm feeling I'm feeling my woman that day. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the so thing how is, how do you choose? How do you choose which which self to be that day? Because I'm sure there's some days where you're like, "Well, damn, I'm looking, real, I'm feeling very feminine." And then you might be like, "But at the same time, how do you how do you?" Decide? That's a good question. You know, it's it's uh, for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people that identify similarly. And I can't speak for everyone. It's it's less of a matter of choosing as it is a matter of. Um, feeling so and I will say that there are days that I'm feeling more feminine but I don't have it in me to spend an hour and a half doing my transformation so I go out boy presenting even though I'm feeling female Mm -hmm. and then equally there are days when I've got a drag gig and I'm just not feeling my my girl side you know but I can I can do either way, and I'm I feel very grateful that I can mm-hmm, present mm-hmm. and go out either way. So I try to make it go along with how I'm feeling. But sometimes it has it, sometimes it goes along with what my schedule is telling yeah. me to do. Do you ever feel like maybe like when like because you put something like saying an hour and a half to get ready? You mm-hmm. know how long, and that's a minimum. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, for me, like I'm like the basic of basic bitches in a sense and it takes me now this is a podcast you can't see her right now but she is lying to you (laughs) (laughs) you look fabulous right now (laughs) thank you but literally this took me 30 minutes to put on i mean if i really wanted i know the detail that goes in and like so when you when you are in a mode where you feel very feminine but you don't want to put that extra work into it do you ever feel when you go out that like you're almost like, oh, like people can't, I wish people would just leave me alone because I'm feeling so fabulous inside and yet everybody's still like, oh, hey, he, he, blah, 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 blah. Exactly, 100%. And that's the thing is, you know, to gender or misgender somebody a certain way, it's the most impactful for the person that's on the receiving end of it. But sometimes you can't, sometimes, I try not to hold it against people when I get mis- mm-hmm. misgendered because I can tell the difference between when somebody is misgendering me intentionally because they have something against queer people yeah. versus somebody that is ignorant and just doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And I, I realize that most of the time when that happens out of ignorance, they're not meaning to do it to be offensive. Yeah. And I have to take the opportunity to be like, well, actually, I identify like this. I would prefer if you use these pronouns with yeah. me. And usually when I have that conversation with somebody, they're very understanding about it, mm-hmm. So, which is a good thing. Versus if I'm having a conversation with somebody about it that is intentionally misgendering me, there's usually no getting through to them. Yeah, yeah. Which has to be a very um, hard spot to be in because it's like, especially running in politics, which exactly, I can't yeah. wait till we're going to touch on that. But mm-hmm. maybe she is actually running... For Congress. Congress. Love it. Yes. Okay. Like when you said that. So just to give you a little background. I actually was at Maybe's bingo event the other night she had with an, um, by the way, what is the other girl that was with Indica you? Sativa. That That's my home girl. That's I, Indica. I reached out to her. Yes. I just heard. Yes. I want her. You to told come. me she didn't respond. I'm a, I'm yeah. a text her later. Be yeah. like, girl, get on that. Yeah. Cause I was like, yo, I'm, a, I'm the pothead. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like I'm all about pro marijuana. Well, you, you asked her to do a. Uh, podcast. She wants to do a podcast. Oh, well, okay. I'll make sure my producer knows. <laughs> I'm so open for a podcast. We just can't come here. But <laughs> <laughs> but so I was I was blown away by you. Well, first off, her performance. Okay. Can we just take a second to talk we about can. We can take a minute. how you fucking <laughs> demolish that room? First Thank off, you. because, okay, what's it like even performing at Soha House? Because I feel like it's a very odd vibe. <laughs> It is, it is. You know, uh, performing at the Soho House is interesting only because, you know, they hired me to do a drag bingo event every month and I love it. It's so much fun. 
But also at the same time, like, I ain't that rich. I ain't that fancy. Right. I'm like, how am I going to? I was like, I got to go and like rub elbows with these people who have memberships. That you're not allowed to talk to exactly, or take pictures Exactly. Oh no pictures God. allowed. Even I've been yelled at for taking pictures. I'm like, girl, I'm a drag queen. Um, but it's it's been really cool. I just started doing that a few months ago. And it's fabulous. And I will say my initial hesitations for interacting with people have been... I've come over it. Like everyone that I've interacted with there has been so amazing and so cool. And you know yeah. what? If they if they're not, they're not probably not hanging out by the drag bingo That's area. That's true. That's true. Honestly, I was watching you. So she she came out the. So let me give you a little dance off of how it went. So she comes out on the balcony and we just see her run in, right? And what song were you singing? <laughs> Don't bring around the clouds to rain on my parade. Oh, it was so beautiful and. And I was loving it because you were finding people. But when you would go up to the men, what I loved is that they loved it. Exactly. They fucking they love, love it. it. Like they feel a little bit not sure how. But you can see that they're loving, they're understanding the performance, which is what I did like about Soho House. I feel like as creatives, you know, we understand the performance behind everything mm-hmm. and we really respect the performance. But you were fucking amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, you know, I got a lot of compliments after that performance. Yes. And I felt really comfortable with it. And I think it's because I've been there a few times now that I feel more comfortable with yes. the crowd. The first time I did it, I mean, it was still fabulous, but yeah. it was kind of like, I didn't really know who I was performing for. Yeah. And I've always been a little, um, I don't want to say hesitant, a little um, nervous, a little apprehensive about performing at venues that are known as straight venues, mm-hmm, if you will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, because you never really know the kind of people you're going to encounter. Yeah. When I perform at a, a gay bar... I know that they're going to love it yeah. because, you know, if you're at a gay bar and you see a drag show, that's a bonus. Yeah. Whereas some people don't know what they're walking into and you don't know how they're going to react. Yeah. And I will say that I have been overwhelmed with support from the Soho House. So I really, really appreciate it. And I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it, A, because it's, you know, a, a cis environment, a straight environment. But also because, you know, they're fancy there. Uh I know. They're so fancy. They're so fancy. (laughs) They literally were like, you're not allowed to take... Because they said you're not allowed to talk to people either, you know? And and that Mm -hmm. night, I had actually had two nails broken. So my food came out. They forgot my food. And I said to my friends, I said, see, they saw my nails were broken. They're like, she's not a member. She's Uh not a member. We don't care about her. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, but I ended up actually taking someone home from there. Oh, yeah. damn. Uh, I know. I did. I went bad and went and yes. fraternized. Well, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it was uh, good. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He, still, he still hit me up. So yeah. I guess oh, it was good. Oh, there we go. Him. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was just so much awesome. I loved your... Um, Loved your presence. But then I was really, really excited when I heard you're running for Congress. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so let's start with how you got where you are now because you are currently so i'm currently on the silver lake neighborhood council here in los angeles so uh if you're not familiar with how la government works there are essentially three levels of government at the top we've got the mayor we've got one mayor then we have 15 city council districts okay and then we have 99 neighborhood council districts okay and the thing about the neighborhood council districts is in some ways it's the most important representation of government because it's the most grassroots and it's the most representation of the voice of the people that live in Los Angeles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so what we do on the neighborhood councils is we well I will I'll also say this the unfortunate thing about being on the neighborhood councils is it's not a legislative body we act as advisory boards to city council okay so each city council district has multiple neighborhood council districts within their district and what we do as neighborhood council districts is we um, we discuss upcoming legislation that city council is going to be going through. Okay. We address uh, different concerns throughout the neighborhood. And it's everything that your neighborhood could be concerned with. It's mm-hmm. everything from transportation and safety to homelessness to green issues to queer issues. Pretty much any, any issue you can think of that is local to your neighborhood. Mm-hmm we probably discuss in our neighborhood councils or we have some sort of committee related to it. Mm-hmm. And again, we we bring these issues up at our council meetings, we vote on them as a body, and then 
if we, you know, whatever the results are, we pass those on to city council. And then they go from there and they decide. Exactly. And, you know, they don't have to listen to us, but they really should. Uh, are you, you elected into this? Yes, okay. I was elected for this position. Okay. Um, I just got elected in April. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing is, and I didn't even know this while I was running, I didn't realize this or find this out rather until after I won, was that I actually happened to be the first drag queen elected to public office in the entire United States of America. OMG. Congratulations. Thank Wait, you. can we take Thank a you. second? Oh my, is this I a am, moment of silence? This is a moment of silence. I'm sitting with <laughs> history right now. Thank this you. This is history. Should That's, we take it right now? Yeah, should we take it right All now? All right. Okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how long are we going to go for? You know, that was a, really just a moment. I know. <laughs> no, but that was the gag. I, I had no idea that that was the case yeah. until after it happened. And, you know, it actually inspired me even more because so, I felt like it was pathetic that I'm the first person, mm-hmm. the first drag queen elected to public office because yeah. drag... You know, and again, there's a huge difference between drag and trans. You know, drag in most instances is a presentation, a performance, and, you know, a form of entertainment, whereas trans is a part of your inherent identity. And so, you know, there are fortunately a few trans people in our our country that have some sort of political position. But again, it's also unfortunate that there's only a few. Yeah. Um, So... After being in my position for a little bit, you know, I, I've been enjoying it so much. In fact, we've been touching on issues that I'm so excited to, you know, put my opinion in and, you know, make a difference. But, you know, I'll say this. One of the things about being a representative that I was, you know, that you really don't consider until you're in the thick of it is that as a representative, you are elected to be a representative of the people that elected you. Mm -hmm. So anybody and everybody is going to go in with their initial uh, set of values and ideas and things that they want to accomplish, you know, things that they want to put out there. But the gag is that when it comes down to you are, you're, you're just supposed to be a representative, a voice of the people, you know, and hopefully they're electing you because they, agree with your values and they agree with your ethics and Mm -hmm. your points of views Mm -hmm. politically. But if you have enough people in your constituency coming up to you and saying, do not vote this way, do not vote this way, do not vote this way, and you vote that way, it's wrong. It's, you know, you're violating why they elected you. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I would never vote on something if I was fundamentally against it in terms of my values and my ethics. Mm -hmm. But usually that's not the case. A lot of the things that we vote on are not fundamentally right or wrong answers. Usually the situation is that it it affects many people and it affects some people in one way, it affects other people in a different way. Mm -hmm. And you wanna pick the outcome that benefits the most people and you know negatively affects the least number of people. So I wanna say something here because I can already hear somebody who's gonna go against everything you're saying and they would say well how do i know you're not picking what's beneficial for you right Mm -hmm. because a lot of people they're gonna they're gonna first off not identify with a drag queen and then they're gonna say wait trans but not but not the trans that they see on tv so then they're even more confused and then they're saying how do i not know you're just picking for you so how do you deal with people who are because I'm sure you've dealt with many people. Absolutely, like absolutely. Well, what I have to say about that is, you know, uh, when it comes to my local council position and when it comes to me running for Congress, which I'll get into that a little yes. bit more in a moment, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a progressive across the board. I vote progressively, and as a politician, my policies are progressive across the board. So I would really not vote for something that was, you know, Mm -hmm, mm anti-progressive you know there's some things where you know i might budge a little bit but it's truly only if enough of my constituents are saying hey we're all here in this room and we want you to vote this way and if you don't you're not a good representative yeah yeah yeah. but in general i my you know my values and my policies are progressive across the board Mm -hmm. so so what i say to that is if you are progressive vote for me if you're not a progressive and you don't believe in progressive values, then don't vote for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough when I ran for the local uh, council that I, I met a really cool group of people. So to kind of give you a background of the Silver Lake Neighborhood Council, so there's 21 members of the council. Okay. And 
this past election was, it was a big election. It was really heated because we had a lot of new people in the race. And I met up with 10 other other people that were running for the council position. And we all shared a similar progressive set of values. And we decided, why don't we run together as a slate to increase the likelihood of getting as many progressive people on the board as possible. And the best case scenario happened all 11 of us got elected to the council. Wow. And you know what? We did it together as a group, as a team, and as people that share progressive values. We went out door to door. We went out and talked to people and found out what's important to our voters and let Mm -hmm. them know what's important to us. Mm -hmm. And the voters turned out and they voted for us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with 11 of us joining a council of 21, we effectively have a progressive yes. majority, which is yes. really cool. And it really enables us to have a, to, in, to make a difference in the community. Because sometimes when you have, you know, one or two progressive people on a, a team mm-hmm. of 21, you know, because it's about voting, you know, if you don't have enough people voting that way, it's you know, it doesn't matter, you way, know, yeah. it's going to go one way or the other. Yeah. So it's been really cool so far. And we've been able to do a lot of great things so far for the neighborhood. We've been like able to, what? I'd love to, I'd well, do. for instance, uh, so for me personally, one of the things that I did since joining the council is I wanted to form an LGBTQIA committee. Okay. So the way that we get our work done Uh, in the local council is actually very similar to the way that they get work done in Congress. It's through a series of committees. So you have your regularly scheduled meetings, but those meetings are usually going over what was discussed and talked about in committee meetings. So we have like an, we have a, again, we've got a green committee, a homelessness committee, transportation and safety committee. We've got a housing and urban preservation committee. And One of the things that I I noticed immediately was that there was not an LGBTQIA committee. And Silver Lake, uh, for those of you that are not familiar, is a very Mm queer-centric community. Mm -hmm. Or at least it has been historically. Oh, has it been historically? It has been. I I mean, I've only lived here like four years. But when I moved here, Silver Lake was one of the places I loved because Mm -hmm. of how open. And I mean, there's just so many... Yeah. Well, let me ask you, what, what, when you think of the queer community in Los Angeles, what, what neighborhood do you think of? I would probably think Echo Park, Silver Lake. Oh, interesting. I was, you, I wouldn't, would you wouldn't think West Hollywood? No. That's because, so interesting. Because the only people I know who actually live in West Hollywood are not usually gay. If that's where they go yeah. to party. But that's where they the go to party. And that's what I'm saying. People, people think WeHo when they think yeah, gay LA, yeah. you know? But, but I don't even, you know what's weird too? In WeHo, I feel like, I don't, but there's more asshole gays than, oh. than like, like Silver Lake and Echo Park have very like, you know, and they, and good, you know, dressing. Like there's just a different vibe mm-hmm. than WeHo. WeHo to For me sure. is like some people who are like, I might be gay. You know, I love WeHo and WeHo is interesting because like, if you go up to Sunset Boulevard, it's mostly a straight crowd. You go down to Santa Monica Boulevard, yeah. and it's mostly a gay crowd. Yeah. And when I say gay, I really mean gay. You know, it's it's mostly males. Yes. You don't see a lot of lesbians there. You no. don't see a ton of trans people there. You see some for sure, yeah. but it's you know it's it's overwhelmingly gay people, yeah. which is not a bad thing. But um, for me, w- one of the things that I wanted to do was really help to make Silver Lake queer again. So Silver Lake um, is actually was Silver Lake was actually the gay neighborhood before West Hollywood became the gay neighborhood. Silver Lake has been very queer since the oh, '60s, actually. Okay, I did not know that. In fact, Silver Lake um, there is a bar called the Black Cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know the Black Cat. I know the Black Cat. I've been there. Yeah. So the Black Cat, um, they're under it's a it's a different management, but um, Originally, the Black Hat was a queer bar, and it was kind of an undercover queer bar. Okay. And it was the site of the first major uh, LGBT demonstration in the United States. Oh. Most people think of um, Stonewall yeah, when I'm they think say of that. Stonewall, I well, Stonewall was. was in 1969 in New York. Uh, the Black Cat riots were in 1967, so it preceded Stonewall wow. by about t- two years, but it just didn't have that spark yet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Stonewall was really the spark that sort of encouraged the the yeah. gay liberation movement. So that's why, you know, I think a lot of people forget about what happened at the Black Cat, especially because the media tried to cover it up. They didn't really want to 
They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to. They don't want to give them the spotlight. You know. But back in the day in the '60s, Silver Lake was the site of multiple multiple gay bars. In fact, I believe more than there are even today. And the thing was, um, at the Black Cat riots, what happened was it was New Year's Eve, and at midnight there was a bunch of undercover cops in the bar, just dressed as regular people. And at midnight, when uh, queer people started kissing each other. All of a sudden, they shut down the bar and started arresting everybody. Wow. And that sparked a series of demonstrations in Mm -hmm. the coming weeks. And so it wasn't just a singular event. It was a series of ongoing demonstrations that, that, yeah. And so it occurred not only at the Black Cat, but after that happened, many of the other gay gay bars in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. also had similar protests. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, it was really critical to helping put the gay liberation movement on the map. And it yeah. was critical in a, in enabling what happened at Stonewall to happen. So, yeah. you know, I'm so grateful for Stonewall. But also, I guess what I want people to realize is that there's other little fragments of history yeah. that sort of helped to lead to that. Definitely, because you think about it, you think about the people who weren't Stonewall, right? Who mm-hmm. didn't, in a sense, get... Um, gratification because I mean right when somebody talk when we talk about things that are in history if you were part of it you get in a sense some sort of gratification I was there but the people who really put their neck out right in the beginning that we don't talk about those are really the people who had the most balls of them all exactly right because they were like I'm gonna lead this movement I'm gonna do who I do what I want to do and be who I want to be exactly and that was you know it's so much it was so much more um so much more magnanimous and so much more noble of an endeavor because it was illegal to be gay back then. You know, that you could be so arrested, fined. I know, it's so crazy for to me too. Like, and you know what's funny is because, so I'm 31. I had to think about that. <laughs> I'm 31. And like when I was younger, you know, I never ever like thought this is wrong and like it's illegal. You know, and then now, like, once it started becoming legal, I was like, wait a second. Like, it really kind of, like, mind-fucked me. Because I'm like, yep. well, why are we telling people they shouldn't be with who they want to be with? Exactly. Like, I get it. You don't, okay, whatever, no church, whatever. But church and state are supposed to be separate anyways, yep. which yep. it is not. Actually, I have something I really want to talk to you about. Yeah, of course. Let's so talk. I watched this really cool documentary recently, and it was about Satanism. And I was blown away because I watched it with all in like all thought thinking they were going to be people who worship Satan or Lucifer and this and that and the real cause that they had behind it was that Satanism they're trying to say that Christianity is taking over in so many ways and that if they're going to allow Christianity to be a part of the government or a part of our government statues or whatever else then we should be able to do whatever we want and it's really not that they uh, pray to Satan. Yes, exactly. No, and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not super familiar with that, but I, I do follow a couple of people online that identify in that realm. And, you know, at first I was also a little taken aback, like, oh, you worship the devil? Yeah. Which, you know, it it sounds, it sounds bad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I will, I will say this, I'm very much for religious liberty. Mm -hmm. In fact, I grew up, um, I come from a mixed Jewish and Catholic background, okay. but I went to Catholic grade school and I went mm. to Catholic high school, I and, I, and it corrupt it. Cor- I didn't corrupt them; it corrupted me. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, I. But even despite that, I believe that every person in this country should be able to express their their religion and should be able to worship in the way that they want to. Where I draw the line is where it impedes on other people's civil liberties. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where I draw the line. And that's where I draw the line with, um, you know, the fact that, you know, businesses can deny deny gay people, you know, business. You know, they won't let, you know, they won't bake them a cake. And that's where I, I agree with you. So that's completely you. legal is what you're saying. Exactly. In and, all of the U.S.? Or do you, you know? You know, I don't think it's in all of the U.S., okay. but there are... Certain countries. There's dozens... I mean... <laughs> state. <fuck>. Yeah, states. <laughs> there's, dozens of, there's dozens of laws in this nation that discriminate against queer people. In more than half the states, still, it is legal to fire somebody because of their sexual identity or gender <gasps> preference. Really? In fact, my cousin who lives in... In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh-huh. she got fired because they discovered she was a lesbian. 
And wow. it was perfectly within their legal system. That's ridiculous. See, you that know? to me is just absurd. Let's put it on the flip side. Could you imagine the uproar if somebody was fired <laughs> for being Christian? I know. Oh, my Lord. Exactly. I think there's a way that we can balance these things and respect these. Yeah you know, our mutual agreements and disagreements. But when you start infringing on people's civil rights, that's when I draw the line. I happen to be, in some ways, my political points of view are libertarian in the sense that I believe in the maximum amount of civil liberties until it gets to the point that it impedes or infringes on other people's civil Mm -hmm, liberties. mm -hmm. I think you should do whatever, you should be able to do whatever you want, go out looking however you want, do whatever you want, Practice whatever you want. Praise whoever you want, so long as it isn't hurting other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you see a lot of these religious institutions that are trying to get um, involved in politics and pass these laws that hurt certain people, such as the LGBTQIA community. You know, trans people can't serve in the military. You know, that's such a disgrace that, you know, know, especially with how much uh, our, our nation puts on the military and how much we respect our military yes. and how much money we pour into our military yes. and to say, Oh no, you can't, you can't be a part of it. Yep. Well, it's just like, well, <clears throat> it's just like when, um, they had the whole issue about gay men being part of the military and it would be like, Oh, well, please don't ask. Don't tell me <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but no, even but that, like, that's like, messed why up. Do we, why do we put it on the men who are straight to control them? Like that's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just be exactly a, be a fucking adult. But then, Take a look at our government. And when I say our government, I mean the people that are in Congress and our president. And who do they primarily tend to be? They primarily tend to be straight, cis, older, white, wealthy males. Who are all not really straight. (laughs) I don't know about that, but you know. I've read the papers. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm, I'm past that point of thinking that men give a fuck. But... It's a hole. It feels mm-hmm. good. I get it. But um but yeah, no, it's you know, so I love everything you're hitting. So, let's talk about Congress. Yes. Let's talk about why you're running for Congress. So, I will say this first and foremost. I, you know, I was almost a little bit nervous about announcing my bid because I was nervous, especially because I had only recently won my local council position. And I didn't want people to think, "Oh, she just wanted us to vote for her for this mm-hmm. so she could use it as a stepping stone for that. Yeah. For me, I really became inspired through my campaign and through running for my local position because I had so many I had so many young queer people reach out to me saying, "You're an inspiration. Thank you for what you're doing." Mm. Uh, some people saying, "Oh, I want to do drag, but I also want to get into politics." I didn't realize I could do both until I saw what you're doing. Yeah. No, I, uh, by the way, like, I just want to put it out there. Fucking right. Like, congratulations. Thank you. For Thank having you. the balls to be who you are, to show people. Well, I that- tucked them, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I, I'm like, I'm like, well, can I see them? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, it's so hard to be who you are in the society, especially with social media. And really people do need to see, we need to see people they like do, you. They do, you know, because we be we're, we're so easily distracted in this day and yep. age. Social media is such an amazing tool because it, it allows us to sp- spread information on a huge scale. And I love when we're spreading information that's important, but we also spread a lot of information that is not important and, yep. and that distracts us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy for people to ignore politics because they're distracted by all of these other things they can be distracted by. But when it comes down to it, <clears throat> politics dictates how we get to live our lives. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the reasons that I did decide to run for Congress was because after I'd been working in the local council for a little bit, I was discouraged by the fact that, uh, I was discouraged by the scope of what I could do and the fact that the board that I'm on is, a, a, it's an advisory board. So I'm not making any legislation. I'm not making any policies. I'm not writing any bills. And that's really what inspired me to, I, I was like, I don't want to just help the people in my neighborhood. I want to pe- help people across my state, yes. across my nation. Yes. And the way that we can truly do that is by getting more queer people in office. Yeah. Did you know that out of the 435 members of the House of Representatives, there are, there's, I believe, 10 that identify as queer. And out of the entire history of Congress, 
there has never been a trans identifying individual. And so part of why I'm doing this is for representation because representation matters. How can I, as a trans person, count on somebody that has no idea what it's like to be a trans person, Uh, vote in my favor or in the favor of my community members? Yes, I completely agree with you. And I I completely think like, so I was actually, um, one of the um, episodes I did recently or was um, anal play. And in anal play, <laughs> you're all good. What I'm is good. That? Sorry. Is, is that whiskey <laughs> that there threw or me water? Off. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's water. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the things I found out about was Unix. You know about Unix? No. Oh. So there were men that they would basically, um, you know, cut off their balls and shit. Mm-hmm. And then they would make them dress up as women and please them. In a sense, right? And it's like how, as a society, we sit here and we bash on everybody that's different, but we're like, look at history. It, exactly. It's look like, oh, history. you made people do that, and now you won't even let them when they want yes. to? It's just, it, It's just really messed up. And it's like, why back then are we okay with... Well, we weren't really, because even I was reading some of the things and they were saying, like, so there were the, the units that were perceived to be male, they would have to go into... They would be shampooers. And they would shampoo the men. And then basically, if the man got hard, they would like go towards it. And then as soon as they would touch it or whatever, the man would slap them like they were wrong for it. And so it was like, but then they would end up still sucking their, because they would end up, it was like a play thing. This sounds like, and it sounds like real sounds life, like a lot right? of the things that oppressed members of society have had to go, yes. go through to please the upper members of our society. Yep. And I'm here to say enough is enough we are we are done being in the closet at this point yes we are past so i feel like we've gone through the stage of it's um we're illegal it's illegal to do what we want to do and then we get into this phase of okay we'll tolerate what you do yeah baby i'm here to celebrate what we do thank you i love that celebrate celebrate you Mm -hmm. celebrate life you know, it's so funny because so many people are so fucking unhappy with life. And I'm like, just be you and watch how the rest of the world just follows. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like you, then fuck you. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's what I love about drag queens. I mean, when I... Truly, no fucks given. No fucks given. Walks into a room like, I got this shit owns. I mean, can definitely walk in heels better than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always am like, why? Like, this bitch is coming in with fire. <laughs> But I love the confidence. Like, I think, and that's what I love about the whole drag community is like, I think people don't look at it as art, but it's art. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's performance art, but it's also, it's such a reflection of societal issues. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, drag is inherently political. Just the, you know, a lot of people have pegged me as a as a political queen, and I welcome that title because I am into politics and I am trying to make a change in politics. But everybody that does drag is it, the act in and of itself is inherently political because it's making a political and social statement mm-hmm. on what gender is and how our society responds to gender, mm-hmm. and that's why. That's why people make a fuss over drag queens because it's still unex- it's still unaccepted. Yeah. It, I truly feel that if people accepted trans women the way that they accept cis white men, that drag queens would not be as much of a, a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, by the way, just so cause to clarify for our listeners, cis white men would be... So somebody that is cis, uh, cis is a, a short a short for cisgender, okay. meaning that you identify with the gender that was assigned to you at birth. Okay. So you identify as male, you were born with male genitalia, male is your marker on your birth certificates. Whereas transgender implies that you go across that and you... Okay. And you are the you identify with the gender that was not assigned to you at birth. Okay. And that feeds into what I was saying earlier about being gender fluid is, you know, I'm I feel as if I'm somewhere in the middle, but sometimes it's a little more this way, it's a little bit more that way. And you know what? I don't have to choose and neither yeah. does anybody else because who does it affect except for myself? It doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't. You know, I'm not here to make other people feel comfortable. I'm yeah. here to, you know, to stand up for the people that are oppressed. Yes. So, when elected in Congress, thank you. What will you be doing? 
I plan on doing a number of things. You know, a lot of people think that my issues are exclusively queer oriented. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have a huge, you know, uh, I, I want to work for queer people. But I there's so many other things that I believe in and that I want to see change in when it comes, you know, to a political national level. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, I am all about Medicare for all. I believe in I've believed in universal health care for you know, more than the past decade. I think it's pathetic how our country takes care of its people in terms of healthcare. I think it's pathetic that you have to cross the border to Canada to go get to get the healthcare that you need if you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to be surprised when Canada builds a wall between themselves and the United States of America. They're already starting to. You know? You used to be able to just go up with no passport. Exactly. And mm. they're already... So, um, just because, I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever... I hope to get you back on the podcast, but... Um, so, for people who are, you know, what I would say, those right-wingers, whether it be like, well, healthcare, like, it's it's not good when we get all of all healthcare. Look at Europe, where the doctors aren't making as much, and you have to wait two months for a doctor, and blah, blah, blah. What would your response be to them? My response be to that is that healthcare, <clears throat> healthcare is a human right. Healthcare should not be a privilege for the wealthy, because... It would be a different story if America was taking care of its impoverished, but they're yeah. not even doing that. We're doing nothing about homelessness on a local or national level. I shouldn't say we're not doing anything on a local level. Not doing enough. We're not doing enough on a local or a national level. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just think that our government needs to start taking care of its people better. And I, I hate that people, anytime that you suggest something like that, people automatically say you're a socialist. Yep. Yep. And... If you look at all of the other industrialized nations in the world, most of them have free health care. And a lot of people are like, well, what about all the people that work in, you know, the healthcare industry? Of course, I care about them and I don't want them to lose their jobs. And I don't think they will lose their jobs. You know, I think a lot of people are misinformed about what Medicare for all means. Yeah. You know, I, I do believe that we should eliminate the insurance system. I don't think we should have private insurance. Mm-hmm. I think that private insurance is killing people mm-hmm. and making millionaires and the and they're not giving a shit that they're doing it. A hundred percent agree. And a lot of people are saying, well, where's the money going to come from? How are we going to pay for this? Yeah. And the gag is that as an individual, you're probably going to be, be paying less supporting Medicare for all than paying your private insurance company on a monthly basis and then paying to see your doctor, then paying money for your uh, prescriptions. So the way that yeah. Medicare for all works is that there will be a tax for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be taxed through your employer or it might be a sales tax, but but you're no longer paying, you know, two to a thousand dollars, two hundred dollars to a thousand dollars a month, you know, to your insurer, mm-hmm. and then more money to pay for your deductibles and your insurance and your copays. It's all. It's going to be the same for everybody. Everybody should have the same access to good quality health care, mm-hmm. because if we're not providing that to our people as a nation. What good are we? You know, they, we provide so much protection for our citizens in the form of military. Yeah. But we provide <clears throat> so few protections in the form of social services where that actually helps people on an individual level. Yeah. When it comes to health care, when it comes to mental health care. Fitness. Fitness, when it comes to employment. Yeah. Yep. So... I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when we get closer, I think we should do another interview if you're open. I would love that. Where we can talk more about policies. Yeah, absolutely. And, and more about things you're doing. Um, so how exactly can everybody sponsor or support you? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So we are running um, we're running a fully grassroots campaign, okay. which means, you know, it's coming from the community, it's coming from the ground up, it's coming from the people. I'm not a I'm not a career politician. <clears throat> I'm not in this for the money. I'm not in this for the fame, for everything that comes along with being a politician. I'm here for the people. And so I need the people to stand behind me. And the ways that you can help is just learn more about our campaign. You can go to maybeagirlforcongress.org. That's M-A-E-B-E-A-G-I-R-L. <laughs> I love maybe for Congress. Girl. That's so, I mean, <laughs> Thank so you. great. Thank you. 
Um, you know, we are looking for volunteers. We're looking for donations. You know, it takes a lot of coins to run for Congress. Yes, it does. And, you know, that's one of the other things I want to do is I want to take big money out of, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to take big money out of politics. I think that it's awful that you, that so many politicians that we have that are in our government, that are in Congress, that take money from certain industries and then we act surprised that they vote in favor of those yep. particular industries. Yep. So a lot of people ask me and you know I'll say you know I'm running for Congress and what's one of the things that's really uh, almost controversial about it is the fact that I'm running up against an incumbent Democrat. I'm running up against Adam Schiff. Oh. And Adam Schiff is a very well-known celebrity politician. He's yes. been in the media a lot because he was in the spotlight of the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people have asked me, why are you running up against Adam Schiff? Well, I'm running up against Adam Schiff for many different reasons. First of all, I think that it's demo I think it's democratic in and of itself to have multiple choices. I think to have only yes. two people on the candidate on the ballot and have, you know, one Republican, one Democrat, of course you're going to vote along your party lines. Yes. But that doesn't mean you actually, you know, really support everything that that candidate is Agreed. presenting, yeah. but you're picking the lesser of two evils. You yeah. everyone has heard that expression. Yes. So I think it's a healthy part of democracy to have multiple people on the ballot and whoever the people pick, the people pick. Uh, I'm also running up against him because a lot of people think that he is a progressive, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why. Uh, Adam Schiff, you go to his website, one of the main things on there is LGBT issues. Okay. And of course, I appreciate that he supports LGBT issues. We need that in our government. But I also believe that somebody that's actually a part of that group and understands the ways that we yes. are oppressed on an everyday basis is better able to stand up for people like like myself yeah. and like so many other members of my community. Yeah. And I also think that when you are a part of an oppressed minority, you also have an understanding of what it's like for other people in different oppressed minorities, people that are, you know, not white, people that mm -hmm. are poor, you know, people that are not the people that you see in yeah. Congress. Yeah. So, um, but aside <laughs> from that, I also, um, you know, I'm running against him because like I said, people think he's a progressive, but he's actually a centrist. If you take a look at his voting record, he... Centrist. I've never heard that mm -hmm. word before. Can you please... Well, again, it kind of goes back to that idea of the spectrum. So uh -huh. if you think of Democrat and Republican as a spectrum with, you know, Democrat and... Left, uh, right. You know, it's left, right. But there's also a lot of people that are in the middle. So centrist is somebody that maybe votes a little more Democrat, but they okay. still kind of are in the middle. Okay. You know, so there are some people in the middle. So if you are, you know, if you're a centrist, you know, it, in some ways it might be good in some ways, but it's, it probably is not good in other ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm fully progressive. I, I vote and I my policies are progressive across the board. So I, if you, if you are similar, I just want people to know that I'm the most progressive option on the ballot. So if you vote progressive, you have that option. If you're a centrist voter, you know, then don't vote for me, yeah. you know, and that's, that's how our democracy works, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, another thing is, you know, I'm, I'm running a campaign that is rejecting donations from a lot of big money organizations, such as banks, such as, you know, wow. fossil fuel companies, yeah. such as our defense industry. Mm -hmm. If you take a look at my opponent, Adam Schiff, you look at his, who his donors are, it shouldn't be a surprise that he votes the way that he does. So he, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he consistently accepts donations from the American industrial military complex. So he accepts donations from weapons makers, from defense contractors. And then is it any surprise that he voted for the Iraq war, that he voted to keep troops in Afghanistan, that he yeah. voted for the Saudi invasion of Yemen, that he consistently votes to increase defense spending, which is not good for humanity. Yeah. So, you know, people vote where the money comes from. Yep. And that's why I'm asking for personal donations from everyday people that believe in progressive values, because those are the people I'm voting for. I'm not voting for weapons makers. I think we should do like a double party where we do a donation party for you with Pussy Boss. I would love that. Would you love I would that? love that. I would love that. Yes. Okay, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. And I think we should do a YouTube video, maybe some more on your policies and you can walk me through Thank more you. of it. I would love there is a lot to say, you know, it's hard yeah. to get it all in this. No, you definitely. Know. We can't get it all. And we're already at 50 minutes. 
So, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, we've that got... That fast. I know. But I am so glad you came on the show Thank today. You. Thank I'm you so, so much. I'm so happy to have been here. I really appreciate it. This was a ball. Yeah. Two, actually. Yeah. Tucked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you got two and not one. Yes, yes. <laughs> but we will definitely have you on again when we come closer to the election. Because I even would love to talk to you just about what's going on with the presidential election and how you feel. Yeah, I got a lot to say about yeah, that, too. Yeah, so we're definitely going to bring you back, maybe. Thank you so much. You are gorgeous. Thank you. She's and I, beautiful. And if I could just say one more thing to the voters, vote yes on maybe at the March 3rd primary. Woo! By the way, um, you know, one of the things that... Everyone asks, is, oh, can I vote for you? Can I not? So I'm running for Congress in District 28. Okay. So if you live in West Hollywood, Hollywood, Los Feliz, Silver Lake, Echo Park, the Hollywood Hills, Burbank, Glendale, Pasadena, all the way north to the Angeles National Forest, you can vote yes on maybe at the, yes on at maybe. the primary election. If you Better yet, if you live in that area, just vote yes on maybe. Vote yes on maybe. Vote yes on maybe. That's where our party's going to be. We're going we gonna to hook this up. Yes. I got you. We're going to get you some campaign money, girl. Don't Thank worry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this random pussy episode. As you know, I normally don't hop into politics, but I mean, when I got someone of this prestige, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And again, let me just uh, tell them where they can find you on Instagram, social media. Yeah, so my Instagram, it's at maybe a girl that's m-a-e-b-e-a-g-i-r-l you can find me on twitter maybe dot a dot girl no i'm sorry maybe underscore a (laughs) underscore girl and then you can also find me on facebook maybe a girl or just go to our website maybe a girl for congress.org you can sign up to get campaign updates you can sign up to volunteer or you can make a donation we really need it to you know beat the establishment and if maybe hasn't taught us anything today she's definitely taught us that it's time to vote it's time to speak your voice the time is now we all know it get out there yo if you need an uber hit me up i'll hit up uber like we'll start fucking pushing this shit if you need to register to vote message me i will help you register to vote there you go it's the very least that anybody can do to support you know their democracy i one of the things that bothers me the most is when people complain about our state of affairs and Mm -hmm. then i find out they're not even registered to vote so hit me up i will help you with that i'll help your friends and let's make a change yes beautiful well guys i hope you enjoyed that random pussy this your girl victoria lynn and remember to keep patting that puss and vote yes on maybe i vote yes on maybe (laughs)